wasted we are here what's up everybody this is zach if you can't tell and this is neil and we are just being quacks and cuckoos behind the screen right now we're on video and we're just doing all the things making each other laugh so if we randomly start laughing today you'll know why because <laughs> one of us is being a fuck <laughs> we haven't done a podcast on video for this for this run of the podcast yet and honestly I really like it. It's kind of distracting, but I like it. And exactly the way we need it to be. Mm-hmm. So you guys get to hear us be distracting to each other. I can't even speak English anymore. So that's what <laughs> you get today. Those days, straight up. And it's funny, you know, normally you press the record and I just stare at the top and I'm like, all right, when he hits record, be ready. And you go like, what's up, woke wasted? And I'm just ready to <laughs> respond to that. And then I'm just waiting for you to press record now, but I'm staring at you directly in the eyes and you're just looking directly back at me. And I'm like, this is such a weird, this is so weird. <laughs> it's really weird. It's throwing us off and it's so entertaining. Yeah, because originally we, our internet was spotty and we'd start speaking and bring and start channeling and just everything would start going out. And now we're here. It was just too much woke for the video. And you don't get to see us just dancing in the background, trying to mess with each other. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been some craziness. You, I can't speak English. You said you're feeling it. I'm like pretty beat up. I'm pretty sure I've had like 10 messages from people saying they're just crying and can't sleep and just ridiculously tired. So what's going on over there for you? Yeah, man. I think a lot of our listeners are going to be able to resonate with this one. I have been having so much trouble keeping up with my day-to-day life in the last Mm -hmm. week or so, which for me is not usually much of a problem. I'm usually like, okay, I have at least these things that I need to get done today. And then these things are cherries on top. And I usually have no trouble crushing through my minimums and then at least getting into some of the other stuff. But I have been probably getting like a third of the stuff I usually get done. I'm like trying to read flashcards or textbooks and it takes a few seconds for the letters on the page to turn into actual words and then even longer for those words to have meaning i'm like dude what is happening to my brain i'm trying to describe things and words are just falling out of my mouth that don't that don't actually mean anything (laughs) you've become neil basically basically i have neil brain yeah i have applesauce brain (laughs) woke brain woke brain yeah we'll call it that uh, I'm just trying to hide my brain deadness behind something. So I'm just calling it woke brain. I've elevated beyond language. Transcended. <laughs> All right. Well, beyond the Neil brain that Neil now has, because <laughs> now Neil can't remember what he's going to say. We're talking about soul. We're giving you guys a part two to what we were talking about a few weeks ago. So let's get in some woo woo wokeness. Mm-mm. Mm, 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 mm. that's a big old leaf that's a big old leaf the amount of times i imagine you saying that in my day-to-day life you legitimately just texted me you saying that you imagine me saying that for real i'll take a sip of like some really good coffee and be like "Mm, mm, that's a big old leaf and i just just imagine you popping in Uh, i've got neil with me everywhere i go but it was your leaf story (laughs) it was my leaf story but but it's you forever So it's me forever and the soul is forever. So let's talk about the soul. How do you like that transition? Right what there? a transition. Man. I'm so proud of you. Though. So yeah. Man. See, <laughs> Neil brain. We're, we're back. We're back. It snaps into place for like a necessary three to four seconds. And then it's just like, 
All right, I'm going to lean back from the mic again. Yeah, now I'm going to sit back and let Zach do his thing. All right, Neil's back. All right, all right, now I'm back. Uh, uh, so soul, we talked about soul and the body last time, how it meant to what it meant to have and connect to our soul and our lives. But what happens to the soul outside of this physical life? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Zach? What do you got? What's the first thing coming up for you that you want to share about the soul beyond human life? Oh my God. Well, there are so many different levels. So in the last podcast, we talked about the soul being a direct derivation of source. And then from that, your soul having its own characteristics, its darker aspects and its lighter aspects. And from that, segmenting again into a series of higher selves. So you have source, pluck off like a a ball of source, you have soul. You pluck off a ball of soul and you have a higher self. And that higher self manifests into a bunch of different incarnations and manages them all outside of time. The first thing that comes up for me, though, is a book that I've read called Journey of Souls. And I was just on it today. Oh, you're reading it? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm audibling it. So I imagine that would be like, that would probably be like too out of body for me. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I would just get like sucked up <laughs> if I tried to listen to it. That's how I listen to Paul Selig and Melchizedek. So it's all just audible. But yeah. anyways, actually, you know, funny enough, the first time I actually started to go through it was when I f- listened to it and then did a Neil thing and went to the bathtub and then all of a sudden mm. went to the records and they brought me through a past life regression. Oh, that's after, when you started doing the past life regressions, right? After hearing like two chapters of Journey of Souls. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Because I, I know... I mean, when I first heard of the records, I just thought they were like what you do to go into past lives. And that's pretty much the context around which most people talk about them. And then you and I were reading for people for months and had never done a single past life regression. Never. And then you learned how to do it. And then you did one for me. And then I've been, I've been doing a handful of them here and there. Tossing them out like candy. Yeah. It's weird because nobody ever asked me for a past life regression until I learned how to do them. You know, I think that's the same thing for me. Like maybe one person had asked about past life things before in a reading. And then once that happened, it just started happening more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Just one like, the, go ahead. I was going to say one of the things I like about them and that this book also highlights. So the book, just a really brief synopsis of it is essentially a psychotherapist who would do hypnosis on people and he would help them regress to childhood. And from that, he learned how to do past life regressions in hypnosis. And then he realized after one session that the person the person was experiencing chronic pain. And this is kind of why he would do past life regressions. He would take them into this moment in their past life where they would get killed or where they would get harmed. And it would relate to the chronic pain they were experiencing in their lives that was refractory to allopathic medical treatment. And in one of these regressions, the person died and they let the, the visualization continue and the soul or the fragment of the soul left the body and went up into a life between lives. And so he tried to repeat this with hundreds of his other clients. And there was an immense amount of overlap in what each client was seeing And there were some personal differences, you know, the people that you see after you're done and some of the intake processing, depending on um, some certain, (laughs) some certain aspects that we can get into. But overall, the process was largely the same. 
the feelings were largely the same and what the, the people or the souls were experiencing was largely the same. And I love that it's, it's like, in this case, the psychologist, and in our case, <laughs> two, two schmucks who can read the records, sitting there guiding people through their own process of going into their past lives and going into their lives between lives. And it's not like we're sitting there with our eyes closed telling people what we're seeing. We're seeing it with them and asking them to describe it to us. And it's kind of being validated by what we're seeing in our own mind's eyes. That's interesting. Um, my experiences with those, I've, they've come in different ways, actually. There's times when I have just channeled it and described what was going on. There's times when you know, they're taught, they do this process of just taking the other person through it and asking them what they see and share. And there's times where they don't even hit on it. They just share like, oh yeah, like there's this or there's this emotion. There's this energy here that you're carrying. And most of the times people feel that, right? That's more of a Neil thing. Um, and it ends up a healing session. Uh, sometimes the other person just has no consciousness of what's going on and they're just in like, oh, mode. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see this, the different ways that this happens. Um, but I'm curious. So for you, when you're going through journey of souls, um, what were the key lessons or experiences? God, and there's just so many things that I want to talk about. So in general, everyone goes through the quote unquote tunnel of light, but really it's not so much of going through a tunnel of light as it is um, an elevation in frequency. And I've heard the almost like the phrase or the description that dying and, and leaving the body is like taking off a tight shoe. And it's this process of that fragment of the soul reacclimating to these higher frequencies and going up to these higher planes. And in the book, it seemed like the souls who had fewer incarnations on earth and found it more jarring to leave their bodies needed a little more cushion as they went through. So they would almost go to they would go to almost like this area where they would see a lot of their their former friends and family who were waiting for them to welcome mm-hmm. them in, welcome them in, welcome them in and help that process be smoother unlike my <laughs> my basic stumbling yeah exactly <laughs> and for the older souls the ones that had been around the block a bunch of times it was kind of like i know what i'm doing i just left my body it feels good to be back in soul land but i'll miss my body go up to the higher realms and then kind of go through the process of healing any trauma that might be going on or that might have gone on in the lifetime because being in a physical reality can be very, very painful for the soul. And then having an intake with your guide, essentially your head guide and being like, okay, here were the lessons that we had planned for this lifetime. Here's, here are the big choices that you made and here's how you deal. Here's how you dealt with things. Like let's watch your life back over and have commentary on it and have a discussion about it. And I thought that was really fascinating. It's like soul therapy, but legitimately it is actual soul therapy. I think of it, I almost think of it like watching a fight tape. Like if you were a boxer or a wrestler and looking back at your, your fight and be like, okay, well, what did, did, good here, what did you see? Right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's, like, what's going on? What are you catching? What are you thinking right there? And how do we improve on that the next round, the next fight? Exactly. And as the soul learns and grows, they begin to no longer need their guide present for that process. And they go back through and they watch their life 
and they, you know, quote unquote, take notes, right. You know, mental quote unquote, mental notes. Right. And then if they need help with something, they'll go to their guide and talk about it, but they, but they learn how to have more autonomy in their process. And one of the things that I will mention in this is that in the book and in these regressions that these people are going through and speaking through, almost kind of like channeling in a, in a way, channeling your own soul and sometimes your guides, they experience things, maybe not linearly, but almost like they're still within time in some way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is only one layer of life between lives. I think that that is more of an astral or a Davic realm of a life between lives. Whereas I think that overall the higher self and the soul are still outside of time. So I really think that that is more so a fragment of, of your soul that is experiencing things in that way. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. sense. It does. Yeah. But um, yeah, I wanted to highlight one of one thing there that came up that was really interesting. You're just talking about the soul's development of its sovereignty through that process, right? Of its individuality and its ability to navigate that on its own. Mm-hmm. And that's also just the general right path of the soul. Like we talked about last time, it's the individuation and the coming together through that. And that's what we do through our lives, right? We are learning as a person with our soul, how to become this individual self. And you see that, right? In beyond life, that's continued. That's the process. So I just found that really interesting. Well, it's interesting because it, you develop a sense of autonomy and accountability and responsibility. But the, the ultimate Those are the goal, words I was going for, actually. <laughs> the ultimate goal of graduating earth school, if you want to say it that way, is rediscovering unity, is rediscovering in in your yeah. embodied state. So, I mean, everybody knows when you're a soul, like everybody knows, oh, we, we're all one, right? Just kind of experiencing this in a way that allows us to grow individually. It's a, it's a weird concept. And it doesn't make perfect sense to the mind, but the point is almost to be embodied in your incarnation and understand not just intellectually, but at a level of physical realization that you are in fact one with everything. And through that, there is an experience of love and compassion that goes beyond something that you would read in a Hallmark card, right? But we like Hallmark cards. I like Hallmark cards. They warm the heart. (laughs) They make you smile. Like us, we make you smile. I'm trying to make Zach smile now. (laughs) He's doing the bobblehead (laughs) face at me. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Outside of what we actually just discussed, you had brought up some really interesting things of moving beyond linear. So what what are your what is it that you are feeling there that you want to share with the world? Because this, I think, is where we can get into some juiciness. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's hard to start talking about, right? Because you're utilizing you're utilizing a human brain, which is built to process information in a stepwise fashion. It is a tool of logic. Trying to, quote unquote, wrap its head around something that is nonlinear and illogical. Well, so the way, so what, what comes up is that 
we need some kind of medium for experience, right? The soul in order to grow utilizes the body and the personality as a vehicle of expression and as a vehicle of experience. The personality exists in a collectively agreed upon experience of time as linear, as A, then B, then C. When in fact, all phenomena and the, and the intentions that create those phenomena are, are kind of like quanta. They are packets that are inseparable from one another. So whereas you think, I want to get my spouse a nice gift because I love them. And you think that, okay, I had that thought, or rather I had the love, and then I had the thought, and then I got in my car and I drove and I bought them flowers, and then I drove back and I gave it to them with a nice card or whatever, right? And that's experienced as A through C or A through D. When in fact, outside of time, instead of the complex of A, then B, then C, then D, it's actually a single unit of A, B, C, D. And it is experienced linearly through time in sequence. We utilize time as a method of learning and expression. In the higher realms, time is not necessary for those types of things. The soul or the higher self experiences all lives simultaneously because it is not utilizing time. Therefore, any lesson that you learn in any given life, any time you overcome fear or any time you raise your vibration by letting go of fear or guilt or shame or anger and elevating yourself, you actually do a great service to all of your incarnations in every point in time because it actually heals and elevates your higher self. That's the sauce right there. Sauce. Sauce. But actually it is. And yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And that's the truth. And I was really hoping you would get to that too. So let's share a little bit about past lives and how those express in the present. Well, the first thing I would say is that it's not just your past lives that are expressing in the present. It's your future lives as well. Because like I said, to the higher self and to the soul, there's no difference between a past and a future life. That's really. interesting. And if, and if there were some kind of sequence, the soul wouldn't have to, let's say, incarnate in 1526, and then its next life would have to be in 1608. It could live a life in 1526, and then it could live a life in 2040, and then it could live a life in 1305, AD, right? If we're using, if we're using uh, Christian time, right? <laughs> if we're using the Christian calendar, um, which I use. <laughs> so I'm not that far gone. <laughs> Guys, he's I way gone right now. I still think it's 2020. Um, it's 0202. Oh. I'm backwards. What? But essentially, essential, essentially, essentially, <laughs> I'm just looking at Neil's dreamy eyes and I'm having Freudian slips is what's happening. Oh my God. <laughs> you can't stop flirting with me. Anyway, the higher self experiences things outside of time. I have to stop looking at Neil. I'm no longer looking at him for the duration of this because <laughs> I keep, I can't stop smiling. <laughs> So the lessons that you are learning in your future lives and the lessons you are learning in your past lives 
and the traumas that you've had and the karma that you've generated or are generating in all of those incarnations are expressing through the life that you are living. And so when we think that we are releasing attachments from past lives and finishing out the lessons from past lives, we can also finish out the lessons from future lives and therefore lighten the load of all of your personalities because they're all one organism. You and your past life and your future life are all actually one being in the same way that, you know, if I'm carrying a really heavy grocery bag in one hand and it's causing my forearms and my biceps and my shoulders and my traps all to tighten up and then I set it down, my forearm isn't the only thing that gets a break. It's everything above my forearm as well that gets the break. It's all part of one organism. So I'm going to pick at this a little bit. Pick on me. <laughs> I'll pick on you, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what happens when you go on video? Uh, you guys really get to experience us in past, present, and future. Okay. That's fun to do that on the mic. So we finish out a lesson in the present and that helps mm-hmm. to clear out some of you know the stuff that we're carrying from past lives at the same time that helps to lighten the load of what we bring into the future right mm-hmm. that's what you're saying yeah if we okay so i totally lost track of everything i was going to say and just totally kneel brain to my kneel brain kneel brain <laughs> So I know you had a couple ideas you wanted to share. Yeah. Yeah. So we were going to start talking about nonlinearity and all that kind of stuff. But before we moved on to any of that, I wanted to give a bit of an explanation or a demonstration of how this is performed really in your day-to-day life. When we have an emotional experience, there are many different levels of consciousness at which you can experience this. For someone who is not either at the stage or in a life where the the personality needs to really understand and work through psychology, then it will experience emotions as identity, right? Well, I'm angry. If I allow myself to be angry in this moment, then I will never get rid of this anger. And so it rejects experience. When in fact, the the coming to grips with higher consciousness or in an incarnation where you're supposed to just understand things at a different level, right? There's really no value judgment here. One begins to understand that neither your thoughts nor your emotions are you at your core essence. They're just ways of experiencing reality and they're ways of experiencing yourself. And that in fact the only thing that actually causes an emotion to stick around is to reject it. So when you begin to accept that you're having an emotional experience, you can allow it to pass through you purely by feeling the emotion and experiencing it. And when you do this, you do what I like to call emotional wandering, where instead of taking 
some money that your business that some business just made and mixing it with dirty money and then kind of cleaning it that way right you're mixing an emotion that you're having in the present with a similar emotion that is stored in your body as trauma from the past so let's say i experience guilt about something that guilt that i'm experiencing in the present is catalyzing the guilt that is stored in my body to arise within me as well and when i feel through that guilt, through its resolution, to the point where the emotion has run its course and it's no longer in my body, I've actually laundered out some of the guilt stored in my body from the past. And this follows me into the future by allowing me to be lighter as I move forward in my life. So that's kind of like a a practical or a more pragmatic way of describing these kind of like high-level spiritual concepts. I'm going to drop it into the woo more. So at the same time, we can also say that we also, right, there is nonlinearity. We're experiencing the future at the exact same time. So how does that then play out? There are a couple of different theories about this and a couple of different ways of experiencing it. I have, I have heard the, the saying that depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. And I think that's reductive and I don't think it's, it's entirely encompassing of it, but there are ways of thinking about this in, in a couple there's, so there's a couple of different ways of thinking about it. You could experience anxiety in the present and what this might be bringing up for you is actually a potential future that you are experiencing. And it doesn't mean it's a bad future. It could be a good future. You could be, for example, president of the United States in 20 years, right? And you will experience a feeling of anxiety in your body at the age of 30 and think, I'm so shy. How could I ever be a leader? Like I I struggle with social anxiety and all these different things and be experiencing that anxiety in the present when really that that anxiety is being experienced in the present so that you will go forward and work through your social hangups, work through your social anxiety and develop leadership skills so that you will be groomed for your future experience. You could also have those moments where you're just kind of like sitting on the couch or hanging out and you have this profound experience of compassion and love in your body that you have either never experienced before or that you only experience in small moments here and there. And this is in some ways you accessing the love of your soul which is, in fact, also accessing the love of a future incarnation that is at a higher level of consciousness than you. And it's like that future you kind of pinging you from the past saying like, hey, follow me, like feel this emotion and come towards me. I'm helping to guide you vibrationally towards, towards where I'm at right now in the same way that lighting a flare could cause you to, to move in that direction towards safety. Yeah. One of the, what I was thinking about as you're talking about that is it's not necessarily a step forward into the future. It's getting pulled into that, into the true self. It's getting pulled into a different present, really. Yeah. If you think about it, if you think that there, if you try and wrap your head around the thought experiment where there is no time, then everything, every potential reality exists in a field. 
and just just it's it's all happening at once in some field and so the only difference between you and your quote unquote future self is like a vibrational mismatch right the molecules of your body and the molecules of your future body are vibrating at a different frequency and there is some mathematical equation that can describe the differences in those two things we don't have instrumentation sensitive enough to do that but there's just some difference in the vibration of those molecules and really what is happening is that you are transmuting the vibration of your physical vehicle towards that and it is experienced through time in the physical reality that's so i can tell that's really fucking dense material that i'm talking about right now but eh, it's not actually not too dense um it just opened the doors to some interesting other conversations and you ideas look mischievous <laughs> i feel mischievous <laughs> um so then let's get into time slips and timelines oh fuck me okay mischievous god okay so there are minor time slips and then there are major time slips let me just fucking go into this so if you just if you're if you have two different ways of driving home from the grocery store and you choose one or the other there is a reality in which you've chosen both of them right there's a reality where you chose option a in reality where you chose option B. Those are minor deviations in time, right? Because obviously it's the difference between you showing up home with a one minute difference down a different street or whatever is really not that big of a deal under most circumstances, right? The difference between, say, you choosing between two jobs where one job is like in Germany and the other job is in New York, that creates a major deviation in time where there is one you vibrationally that is experiencing the life and the lessons in New York. And there is one you that is vibrationally experiencing the life and the lessons in Germany and the people you will meet there and the lessons that they will bring into your life. Because in the life between lives, you work together with other souls to think or to, to kind of put your heads together to say, okay, here are the lessons I'm trying to learn. What can we offer each other? And you make soul contracts. Okay, if I choose option A, you and I are going to work together. We're going to get married or we're going to have a relationship. You're going to cheat on me or we're going to move in together and share a bank account. And then we're going to lose our business and we're going to have to be in financial distress together and all that kind of stuff. If you move to Germany, then whatever it might be, maybe you meet this person and you get married to them or you decide to be celibate or whatever it might be. But you have a different set of lessons that play or you have a different set of manifestations of those lessons you still will learn the same general things just in different ways and so that can create different time rifts i think what neil is speaking to is that sometimes we will have experiences where in the middle of the day or we'll wake up one day and the energy will be completely different and things come up from the past and things come up premonitions from the future that we weren't previously able to access in our minds or certain thought patterns will manifest in our day-to-day lives that for weeks or months hadn't popped up at all. And it is in some ways a time slip where 
your consciousness just kind of energetically shifts into one of the other vibrational potentials where you can then experience those lessons. So you want me to take a breath or do you want me to keep going on this? Cause I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Okay. Like actual slips in time. And this is the more on the woo side. So we're going into like, just, you know, for better sake, just woo woo Disneyland right now. Um, right. There's stories of people. I fucking hope they have churros. I fucking love churros. Oh my God. We've got to have churros. We're going to have churros next time we do a podcast. So, Oh, I cannot be on video with you while you eat a dick shaped food and <laughs> recorded on air for everyone. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can, and you will. It's, it's not in my happen. contract. <laughs> it's in your soul contract. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You screwed on that one, dude. Mischief. Uh, mischievous. So you're talking about big time slips. So do big you want to speak to like this? what you're thinking of? There's a story that I'm thinking of, um, and I've heard it from a few different people, of this woman who was driving, I think she was driving back home from college, and, you know, same road every time down the freeway, but this separate time, she takes this turn to get back home, and all of a sudden, everything's different. It's the same, you know, buildings, but she actually ended up back in time. And I can't remember how she pulled out of that, but ultimately she was able to make her way back into the present. And this was just this moment where it was a complete slip in time and she ended up going back to home and everything was completely normal. But there was this one moment that was just completely a slip. Mm. Yeah. So there were like, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to take a moment to take a deep breath and really tap into this information to get something very accurate because I haven't really thought about this too much. The closest I've ever really thought about this is like deja vu. Um, but <laughs> before actually I start, really similar. It, it is before I start really tapping into that, before I start going to the higher guidance for that, um, in a more intentional way, the words that come up are anchor and thinning the veil space and time can be described mathematically. They, there are there, I'm sure there are ways that some massive genius out there could plot this out on a graph and the graph would have to have many, many axes in order for this to be intelligible. But if you can imagine the earth as you know it with time, as you have previously understood it in linear format mapped out on a grid, in space, right? Like you're looking at it from a satellite or something. There are some places that are close to each other, like your bedroom and your bathroom. And there are some places that are far apart, like your bedroom and I don't fucking know where you live, like <laughs> in your bedroom in like Maui or something, right? Yeah. If you live in Maui, disregard that. But there are, there are locales that are distant and there are locales that are close. You have to understand that time adds a variable and therefore it adds an axis to the grid. So right now, the spatial location that I am in maps onto another spatial location in a different time because there's a different axis on the grid. So 
if there is a really, really thin veil or those two things, those two locales are actually very close, like they overlay each other on these different grids and a person drives through it in this example. I'm trying to, I, I, there is some, there is some quality of this that involves the person as well. This person, yeah. the person has to, I can feel that too, have this in their contract and there has to be something about the quality of consciousness that, that they've brought into the incarnation as well. And I think the physical body too, there's a level of it being, you know, I think what you said is almost ungrounded, right? It's still, still like a child that's very connected to energy, like very one part of the field and less connected to physical matter. Yeah. And it, it's, it's ungrounded unintentionally, but you have to understand, and it's not you, this is just a general you, right? You have to understand that everyone has basically the same DNA. We talk about genetics, right? Yeah. But you know, our, the genetics between me and Neil are 99.999% the same. And, and the difference is a churro. The difference is a churro. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got one strand of DNA that's just shaped like a churro. <laughs> and his nucleus is a churro stand. Anyway, so our DNA is largely the same. The difference in it is like a handful of gene mutations and some modifications to the genes, but we all essentially have the same potentials in our genetics. God damn it. He is just doing some stuff. Everybody has the capability of doing that. A person can, in this case, do it unintentionally. Their body just literally vibrates into a different time. And one of the ways I've heard this described is that like I'm, like I'm talking about different axes on a grid, I'm talking about different variables. These variables describe an object as well, right? So you can look at the table that you're sitting in front of right now and think that, okay, it has certain dimensions, like it has a certain mass, it has a certain length and width and height right? But it also has a certain time and a certain location to it. And those things actually descri help describe the object. So the desk that I'm using to prop my microphone up on right now is my desk, my desk as it exists at this certain latitude and longitude. But when I move it, it actually has different vibrational properties. And if you had instrumentation that was fine enough, even though it's the same desk, you could set it on a different I could set on the other side of the room, right? So if you want to rule out any type of seismic activity that would happen from the tectonic plates of the earth, it would still have a different vibration because it's actually in some ways a different desk. In the same way, that person existing at one time and another is the same person, the same consciousness, the molecules are just vibrating differently. And that's, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about what I had messaged you about the other day, um, my experience when I became a force ghost <laughs> and that's, what's coming up to mind for me. It's um, I just, I keep thinking about it energetically and right. It's you end up vibrating at this very specific level and state that even though it could be unintentional, it, you then just have whatever happens as a response to that. You have this little slip, you have this extra acknowledgement of this other timeline or this other experience that's happening at the same time. And this force ghost experience that I had was in, 
in my own meditation and then separately had kind of happened in the records where basically I could feel the energy around me, right? Just the energy of life, of being energy as a whole. And I could see in all the particles, I could see in my third eyes, all these energetic waves, and I could then feel my body becoming a part of that. And eventually my body almost like detached from it as a physical level that I could feel myself as one with all those particles. And I just, my whole the density of my body was gone. It just felt very, very, very light mm-hmm. and extremely, honestly, ungrounded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, even physically or chemically, there is no separation between you and I. The, the skin, the molecules of the skin of my body are touching molecules of air which are interacting electrochemically with other molecules of air all the way to the ones that are touching your skin. There is nothing but a sea of molecules in between us. And in fact, the consciousness that is embodied inside of us is really just embodied in part of the molecules in that ocean of them. So I'm almost, it's almost like you're, you were just at a level of consciousness where you could perceive that where you could physically perceive that because that's happening all the time. It's just kind of below your sensory perception because in order to, to function as a normal ass human, <laughs> you have to feel that you are separate from things and that the table in front of you is separate from you. Or else you'd be a living psychedelic, which just doesn't work in a human life. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. You're going to be some kind of strange guru or in uh, our society locked up in a bin, you know, most likely the second one. Yeah. Most likely the second one. Okay. So where I was going with that before I was rudely interrupted by my dog <laughs> was um, something we said on a podcast a few episodes. We started talking about pastries. <laughs> um, layers. Talked about that layer cake. Yeah, the Villy Manili. Yeah. The van- yeah, Millie Vanilli layer cake. Mm-hmm. And there's all those layers. And instead of seeing time as that one long line, right? It's just stacked, 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 stacked layers. Like that's how we live. And those are the different timelines. That's, you know, the truth of existence. And if you see those layers, they're just right. They're all, look at them as vibrating particles. And within all those particles, right? Those, those are your life. That's your existence within it. And something vibrates a certain way. A layer under it vibrates a certain way. There's a little bit of a connection and all of a sudden, whoop, slip. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so. a perfect way of describing it. Yeah. The guides that I channel in, mm-hmm. in one of the books that they channel through, Paul Selig, mm-hmm. um, who was, at least in this day and age, the first person to channel them. In one of these books, they describe time as a bunch of circles that are layered on each other. Um, people talk about spiral dynamics and all that kind of stuff, and I do as well. But what Neil is speaking to is that you you vibrate at a certain level. And I like to use the levels of consciousness to, to describe this, like as David Hawkins would. And you could be vibrating at a certain level of like acceptance or neutrality. And the lessons in your life, which are the same overall lessons, like let's say the lesson in your life is to learn how to align to freedom and to not make decisions based off of what other people want for you, but to just be completely free. If you're vibrating at the level of like acceptance or neutrality, for example, 
then you will have those lessons called to you at a similar vibration. If you, through your own process and through your own growth, elevate your vibration to that of reason or love, if we're to use David Hawkins scale, so we'll use the the vibration of unconditional love, that's a higher vibration and thus the lessons in manifestation in physical reality will be called to you at that higher vibration as well. So you can learn, if we're talking about the example of like learning worth, like learning your worth in romantic relationships at the level of, at the vibrational level of shame, you will end up in an abusive relationship with someone who makes you feel ashamed of yourself until you learn to leave and walk away. At the level of unconditional love, you will manifest to you somebody who treats you with unconditional love, and you will learn how to be in unconditional love with this person. And so it's the same lesson, learning your worth in romantic relationship, but it comes to you in a different way vibrationally. And these are the different layers of circles that Neil is talking about. Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli, baby. That, my friends, is the Millie Vanilli theory of coexistence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Just wait till we get to the in sync lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you'll get a video of that of Neil and Zach dancing. Back streets, back in time. In time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother. Well, we brought a lot of dense, fun topics out today, but I think there's a channel waiting to come. So you want to drop some Zachy channel? Yeah, man. Let's, let's get out of this thickness here and then I'll, uh, I'll drop into the records or rather elevate up to the records and then bring through this lesson. We come to you today on this joyous occasion. An occasion in time, at such a pivotal time in your development, as an individual, as a nation, as a world, and as a species, many things hang in the balance. We do not fear for you, and we hope that you do not fear for yourselves. And we would like to caution against believing fear. As we have said many times before, fear is a liar. It only wishes to propagate itself, to create more of itself, to plant the seeds of fear in your field and in your body and allow them to grow and blossom into a life of limitation, a life of anger and a life of separation. We would caution against this and ask you instead to choose freedom, to choose love, to choose your brothers and sisters and fellow human beings, to support one another, to have compassion, to have patience, to have acceptance for each other. When you choose fear, you choose that timeline. And if you could imagine a seesaw with one person sitting on either end and a group standing around them, 
one side of the teeter-totter is fear, and the other is love. The other is the upper room, as we have taught it before. Then you could understand that whichever side the group chooses to sit on will bring that side into fruition, will bring it down to the ground, or in another way of describing it, will bring it into manifestation. If the world chooses fear, if you choose fear, and we would say that those listening to this podcast have powerful energy and powerful consciousness, then you choose a world of fear. You choose that timeline for yourself. Those of you who choose love will end up in a timeline of love. But your choices affect the balance of your planetary sphere of the collective consciousness of humankind. And we say again, not to fear even this, not to fear the moments where you experience guilt and shame and anger and trepidation, these other costumes that fear wears. Because it only takes a small few to tilt the balance towards love. As Zach has described before, love is a powerful vibration and it vibrates higher than that of fear. And if you know anything about physics and chemistry, you know that when something vibrates higher, it does so because it holds more energy. For every one of you that embodies unconditional love, you lift the world of 10,000 men, of 10,000 women, of 10,000 people. All it takes is one to shift that way. And so you can understand that it takes a relatively few amount of you to shift the world into that timeline, to do so for your brothers and sisters and fellows. Zach is wondering why we keep using gender-exclusive language. We do so, in fact, to trigger you. We do so, in fact, to bring out the trigger to bring out the anger so that we can use this as a teaching example. The anger that you experience, the anger that you direct and the trigger that you feel, the lack of inclusivity that you would judge us with, that has the opportunity to be alchemized to love. And we would use this as a teaching opportunity for you to understand that there are many levels at which you can see this occurrence. You can see it in separation as us being exclusive in our language and only including those who identify as one or the other. But we would say that the soul has no gender. And so our language is merely arbitrary. If you understand it from this perspective, you understand it from the levels of acceptance and neutrality. <laughs> if you understand that all souls are of the same source, and you experience the compassion that comes from that, and the unity in your body and realization that comes from that, then you experience the lesson as love. And this is your homework. Watch your emotional reactions to things. Be the observer of your own internal world. Because the world that you live in is in fact in equilibrium it is a collective agreement that all of you make, 
the world that you see outpictured is the perfect balancing point between the internal worlds of every person living on this planet. You cannot control the thoughts that crop into your mind, and we understand this, but you can be aware of the thoughts that crop up in your mind and of the emotions that come attached to them. And as Zach has described before, you can feel these emotions through to their resolution. And we would support you by saying that you may make the claim, I am word through that which is before me. I am word through this intention. Word, I am word. And this brings, as you might have guessed, the energy of the word, which is the action of the creator in form, into the present manifestation and elevates it. From that point, you may feel it through to its resolution with more ease and more finality. And from there, you release the trauma, as Zach would call it, in your body, as we would call it, karma, or rather, experience in your body. And you shift into another dimension, another dimension of vibration or another octave of experience, as you would understand it. An octave, as you would see on a piano. The C note can be played at a low note and at a high note. And we are teaching you how to move your fingers along the piano to elevate to the higher notes. Do you understand this? Yes. So be aware in the coming days, and we would in fact say, for the rest of your life, if you may, be aware of the thoughts and the emotions that you experience and be engaged in a process of alchemy. Understand that all things are of God. Your emotions, your thoughts, that person over there who judged you for what you wore last week, your mother who wants you to live your life a certain way, your father who told you you would never be enough, those people who abandoned you, the dirt under your fingernails, all of it is of God. And we would ask you to feel this in your body. If you could close your eyes and take a deep breath, we would like to bring this energy to you now. You may say these words to, with us if you choose. We cannot choose for you. I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth. I am free. I am free. I am free. See now before you the three steps, the who, the what, and the how that you serve, the identity at the level of soul, the divine and manifest form, and the resonance of your being as you are known in realization as the divine. And begin to walk up these steps with us. One, two, three. Identity, form, expression. You stand now at the threshold of the upper room of the higher octave. And if you so choose, you may claim this with us. 
I am in the upper room. I am in the upper room. I am in the upper room. Welcome to the new field of expression. When you open your eyes, behold before you the kingdom and understand that now you are aligned at the highest level that you may hold in vibration at this time. Your soul decides this for you. It is the small self who says, I should be firmly seated in the upper room. I should experience myself as nothing but molecules as Anil has experienced. I should begin to see visions and read the records. I should be channeling right now. That is the small self in its attachment to, as Zach would say, being a wizard. (laughs) The soul decides what you need to experience for your growth in this life and understand that you are aligned at the highest level that you can hold now. Some of you may be experiencing these visions and these channelings. Some of you will experience disruption in your life in the next few days and weeks. And we would tell you that this is exactly what is supposed to happen. No experience, no matter how blissful or adverse you may experience it as, is out of alignment to God. Nothing can be outside of God. It is you who make it so. It is you who perceive it as so, who experience it as so. Everything is God. And you will begin to see the kingdom outpictured before you as you follow those steps. Neil, do you have questions for us? No. Then we would like to thank you all for your presence in coming here today. We would like to thank you, Neil, for aligning to your lessons on this day and stepping into your leadership role as an interviewer. And Zach, we would like to thank you for showing up again, (laughs) no matter how uncomfortable we might make you. And we enjoy making you uncomfortable, if you couldn't tell, our friend. We bless you all. We love you. And we sing your song until you learn the words yourself. We are word through you. Good night. We might all be basking in that energy right now, but I've got to tell you guys a funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Right on the tail of that channeling. Do it. (laughs) They're, They're shaking their head at me. We paused as we normally do before going into the records. And I took a little bathroom break, took a little tinkle break. And as I was walking into the bathroom, my guides showed me a vision in my third eye where one of my guides was eating a sandwich at a table when he still had his mouth full and he set the sandwich down and grabbed a big stack of papers and tapped the papers and like aligned them and then stood up from his chair all quick and ran out of the room. He's like, oh shit, I didn't know we were channeling right now. <laughs> uh, but in the truth experience, he was already channeling. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Oof. I think I need to get out of the records. The energy here is immensely intense, but I feel like they're having me just randomly talk until they can push all the energy through.
And so we're just going to rant. Yeah. Is there anything from that channel that stuck out for you that you want to speak to? Oh, there was. It's like you're in channel and you just know that I'm going to get into something Mm -hmm. or something or something. I can see the mischief. (laughs) Mischief. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Actually, just that was the very end piece of that. And they mentioned, you know, what things may come up for you over the next few weeks, good or bad. And I think that's a beautiful take home when we talk about spiritual connection is we go through these moments, we go through these times where we're connected, where we feel, where we're really, you know, in this experience of spirit. And that's beautiful. But it's what comes after that. After you've had that moment where you increase your vibration, where you're vibrating with God, really. And you then pull everything into alignment through the next few days, through the next few weeks. So the things that come up over these next few weeks, that's the magic. And that's Mm -hmm. that little time slip. That's that little, I don't know. That's the magic. That's the wizardry. (laughs) As I would say. It's alchemy. Like you're, you're, you're turning, you're turning the shit into gold. (laughs) And it's like, you're turning the things that you experience as painful or as shitty. And you're turning into new experiences that feel golden and feel good. I've been in an experience the last couple of weeks, like I was kind of talking about where I've been in an immense amount of internal conflict. And whenever that is the case, whenever I feel like my emotions are stuck to me, like stink on shit or like white on rice or whatever, like, and I can't process them through, I know that there's a part of my personality or my ego that's dying, that there's a part of me that's sloughing off that has served its purpose in bringing the lessons to me that it needed to bring. And then it no longer is serving that purpose. And then it's time for me to move through it. And it's like a week or two, or sometimes even a month of just like adversity internally. And then I go through an increasingly long period of time afterwards, every time where I just feel completely blissful, where I feel stronger, where I feel more grounded, where the highs feel even higher and the lows come by even less frequently. And things like thought patterns that I used to have no longer crop up and ways that I respond to the events in my life are no longer responded and no longer responded to in that way. I'm clearly not in channel anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes it, you know, it takes a little bit of bitter to taste the sweet is the point here. It does. And as what we have said many times is let yourself be in it, let yourself feel that, but hold credence and know in the back of your head in your heart you're working through it and that other side will be there that much brighter that much more powerfully that much more beautifully so let yourself have that you can cling on to that you can hold on to that if you need to to get through whatever it is you're experiencing we love y'all <laughs> alright any final words from you brother man Nah, man, just that I love you guys. Thank you for listening again. And I have so much energy running through my body right now. I'm pretty sure my heart's going to explode. I feel like I just drank about a thousand monsters and crushed each can on my forehead in super frat bro style. Good thing you're a doctor. Mm -hmm. You're equipped to deal with it. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) We love y'all.